church if you want to. Um, but we're just going to soak in the presence of the Lord. And then I'm going to call on somebody to open us up in prayer before we start. Okay?
Wow. That was beautiful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Veronica, I'm going to ask you if you'll open us up in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence. And thank you for the new. We're walking through a new season, Lord, in the prophetic. And Lord, we just ask that you would give us eyes that see and ears that hear and a heart that is ready to receive more and more of what you have for us. In Jesus' name, we just declare the windows of heaven and the free flow of your spirit in this place today. Amen. All right, I'm excited about this book. That CD, by the way, if you want to know, is um, by Jonathan David. And the title of the CD is called The Awakening. And so when you hear the woman come in, that's his wife. Um, and they sing a couple songs on here together. So it's called The Awakening by Jonathan David. All right. Let's see. Okay. So if you'll turn with me to page three in your manual. Father, we just thank you for this class. I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. And we just thank you for your presence in here. And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you come and you be our guide, our comforter, our counselor, our standby, our teacher, our advocate. Father, just have your way in our midst, Lord. And everything that we need as prophetic people that we would take from this lesson, God, exactly what you would have us to take away with, Father, that we would chew what you want us to chew, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So Pastor Dave starts out with um, developing your devotional life introduction, and he, he starts out with Charles Finney. Of course he does, because Charles Finney was a powerful intercessor. He's a powerful, powerful man of God. And so he gives 12 important things that Charles Finney um, says that a person must do in order to prevail in prayer. Say with me, prevail in prayer. Yes. So the first one, and I've got a scripture for you that's not in your book. So the scripture I'm going to talk about is Matthew 7, 7 through 8. So you can kind of just write that next to that number one. So you must pray for a definite object. And so we know what the scripture says in Matthew 7. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be open. So that's Matthew 7, 7 through 8. So when you pray, you must pray for a definite object. Number two, the prayer must be in accordance to God's will. So in other words, we need to line up our prayer with the word of God because the word of God is the will of God for you and I. Amen. Um, is it God's will for you to prosper? Yes. Is it God's will for you to be in health? Yes. So are all God's promises yes and amen in the word of God? Yes. So when you pray, you want to pray in accordance to that will. Um, you must pray with submission to the will of God. I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to follow the will of God. Sometimes God will ask you to do things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you have to go do them anyway right? So when we pray, we must always pray into submission to the will of God. Um, I'll just share a quick testimony right here. Uh, several years ago, this was back in, must have been, oh, it was after Tasha was born, so it was probably, probably around 1986 or 87. Um, I had been really betrayed by someone, and um, anyway, the story is her house burnt to the ground, and um, she was married. She had four children at the time, and she was pregnant for another baby, and 
um, I had been really wounded by this particular person, and I had had been praying for her. Um, but I, at that time in my life, I didn't know really how to pray because I was so wounded on the inside, and I had just been walking with the Lord since 1983. And I really didn't know how to pray for her except that I was angry. I was angry in my heart toward her for what she had done and um, some of the things that she had said. And I remember in my ignorance, I had prayed that, you know, that I wanted her to feel what I was feeling. How many have ever prayed that? And so that was in total ignorance. And so, um, so anyway, then I was seeking the Lord one day, and he just really prompted my heart that um, I needed to give to her. And several times in my life, um, the Lord has used that analogy with me. He'll, he'll tell me to give to the person that's wounded me or not liked me or had done aught against me. And so this was not a different case. So he said, I want you to give to her. And I said, well, what do you want me to give to her? And I know she lost everything in the fire. And he said, well, you can give her some of your clothes, can't you? She's the same size as you. And I said, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then he says, and she's pregnant. So you've got lots of baby clothes because I had just had Tasha. And so I said, okay, I can give her baby clothes. And so um, at that time, there was no such thing as the Internet or anything like that. So I had to go onto the radio station and find out where the donations were being given for this family in the, our local community. And so I got the address of the location, and I had packed up my car, and um, I was heading down to give, this, to give my clothes and these belongings down to where they were gathering them. And so I'm praying on the way down there, and God is really dealing with my heart. And I'm praying, but how many know that number three says you must pray with submission to the will of God? And so I knew that God's will was that he loved her. And I knew his will was that he wanted salvation to come to her. And I knew that his will was that she wasn't supposed to have hurt me like that. I knew that, understood that. And so I was praying. I pulled up along front of where the, where the drop-off place was, and it was, it was a local fire department. And I pulled up, and when I got out of my vehicle, who come walking out of the door but the person who betrayed me that I was going to give stuff to. And so I, now I'm face-to-face -face with this person, and I have all this stuff in my trunk. And all of a sudden, because we pray in submission to the will of God, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I grabbed her, and I hugged her. Now, believe me when I tell you. That wasn't, the Holy, that wasn't Kimberly. That was all the Holy Spirit because I was having other thoughts in my mind. My flesh was saying no, but my spirit was willing. You know? And so I, I grabbed her and I hugged her and I began to speak to her of the goodness of God and how important her family was and how important her children were and how God spared them and got them out of the fire. And she may have lost all of her physical things, but she didn't lose the very things that God had, had given to her. And I, and I looked at her and I said, I am so sorry if I have ever offended you. Now, where'd that come from? <laughs> so that was the Holy Spirit, you know. I said, I have got some things for you that I want to give to you. And she just looking at me and tears are strolling down her face, probably thinking, what in the world is this woman doing? And I told her at that moment, I said, I said, nothing is any more important than following the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knows that you have a need and he's going to fill that need for you. And right there, the Holy Spirit came and such healing transpired between her and I that I thought when I was driving back home, I thought, what happened? I thought, that was not me. I mean, I called my mother. I said, you're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> it totally just took me out of, out of left field. But how many know that's praying in submission to the will of God? Even when we don't feel like it and we're being tugged in a different direction, love covers a multitude of sin. All right. So number four, 
You must have a desire for the object in accordance with its purpose. So in other words, you just can't go out praying on the whim. You've got to have a desire. Um, you've got to have a desire to want those things of God. Number five, the prayer must be offered with the right motives. So how many my motives in the beginning of that prayer weren't right because I was praying that I wanted her to feel the same pain that I was feeling. So my motive wasn't right. So God had to really do some Holy Spirit surgery on me to get me to the place where he could move through me because he couldn't move through me like it stopped right there because I had the wrong motive in my heart. So we always want to make sure that our motives are right when we're praying. Um, it must be a persevering prayer. So in other words, sometimes we're going to have to persevere. So we may not see the answer right away as prophetic people, but we're going to have to persevere. Um, the prayer must be offered up with an agony of desire. I love how Charles Finney puts it. And he says, you must, you must pray a great deal. In other words, you must pray all the time. So all the time as prophetic people, we need to be seeking the Lord and praying. And so I'm, I'm, I don't mean, you know, you have to be down in intercessory prayer. I mean, you're talking to God all day long. You're speaking with him, your prayer, you're communicating with him. That's a form of prayer. Always be praying a great deal, walking and talking with Jesus. So if you have a need during the middle of the day, you're already in a conversation with Jesus. And you could say, hey, by the way, this is what I need, Lord. So, Father, I thank you because you're already walking in a conversation with the Lord. It's like if I need something from my mom, I don't hesitate to ask her. Because I'm in a conversation and relationship with her. So I can ask her, Mom, hey, I need this. Can you help me with this? And so she's right there to help me. And God is the same way. So Charles Finney says, pray a great deal. Okay. Then, um, number nine, the prayer must be offered in the name of Jesus. So we pray in the name of Jesus. And we know that as born-again believers. Um, and you must renounce all your sins. And I love Janie's message because she talked about having a pure heart, having a pure motive. And she said that there was a season in her life that she was a gossiper. And I loved how transparent she was. And um, so and so she had been talking about this person and that person and not really meaning anything, but that person would just come up in conversation and they would start talking. And next thing you know, she's in 14, with 14 different people talking about the same person. You know, and, this, and by the time you start gossiping, you know how, what it does. It like stretches like a rubber band. And so by the time it gets over here, you know, the whole conversation that started on the other block is not the same conversation as over here on block eight. <laughs> it's totally different now. And so she said that as she sought the Lord, the Lord told her that she had sin in her life and that her prayer could not be answered because of that sin that she was walking in. So we need to make sure that our motives are pure. Um, and I, I like to say at, I work, I, well, I was a manager at Dillard's in Greensboro for quite some time. I managed a cosmetic department there. And I had like 26 women that worked for me. How many know when you work with 26 worldly women, um, you're in a hostile environment? <laughs> <laughs> so you can hear anything at any point of day, at any point of time. They can come in your office and they can just unload to you, you know. And so the spirit of gossip was always around. But finally one day I said, you know what? If we're going to talk about the person at the Lancome counter, we're going to go get that person and bring her into my office and we're all going to have a conversation about the woman at the Lancome counter. So if we're going to talk about her, we're going to bring her into the picture and then we all can talk. Otherwise... I don't want you talking. So if we can't include the person that you're going to talk about, then I don't want to talk about it. So, but if you want to go get her, we can go get her right now. No, she didn't want to go get her right now. Okay, then. Then you're not going to tell me anything that I don't already know, and we're not going to gossip about somebody at the Lancome counter because she's just trying to do her job, right? So that's what stops gossip. 
So as born-again believers, I think that we need, to, we need to take that advice. And if someone comes to you in the body of Christ and they're murmuring or talking about somebody else, a sister or a brother that perhaps sits to your right or sits to your left, and they begin to gossip about that person, you need to stop it and you need to say, let's go get that person. And we'll have a three-way conversation. And that'll stop the spirit of gossip. So, so when he says that um, we must renounce all sins, that's a, that's a sin that seems to run rampant many times in a church. And when you allow that to happen, the spirit of division comes, and your prayer life, the prayers will, be, will come to a halt. Say, that's not me. And say, oh, my, if it is me, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. <laughs> okay. Um, so you must pray in faith. So you must believe when you pray, right? Kenneth Hagin, he was on the sickbed at the age of 16 years old, and he prayed Mark 11, 23, and 24. And he believed what he prayed and what he said he was going to have. And he lived, I believe, up until he was about 86 years old. All right. So I want to read you something um, that was in my, in my Bible. I'll just read this to you in my concordance. It says, The assurance of prayer is one or who abides in Christ and whose words abide in him, who prays in the name of Jesus, that is, in one accord with his character and nature, and who is filled with faith and righteousness, is not inclined to pray anything contrary to God's will. But it's more than how we pray God's will, because God's will cares that you pray. So God cares that you and I pray. Genuine prayer is not an attempt at a precise means of getting God to meet your desires and demands, but rather it's in subordinating our will to his. We open the doorway to his fullest blessings being released in our lives when we become the doorway of prayer. Isn't that beautiful? That comes out of my, my commentary in my Bible. That's precious. Um, so we want to be that doorway for the Holy Spirit to move and breathe through us. We want to be that conduit from heaven to earth. And so we can't have anything in us that's going to stop that flow of the Holy Spirit moving through it, especially as prophetic people, because we hear from God and we get words from God to give to other people, life-transforming words that we give out. And so we want to make sure that our motive is pure. You know, Pastor Dave once said that in the prophetic ministry, the question should be asked, why do you want to be in the prophetic ministry? What is our motive from wanting to be in the ministry? Is our motive for gain? Is our motive to be in sight of the people? But is, or is our motive because we want to hear from God to see the goodness of the Lord flow in the land of the living? What is it? So what is our pure motive for any gift or any teaching position? Is it about the accolades of standing in front of people? Is it, what is it about that, that draws you to do what you do? And it always should come back to being the servant of Jesus Christ and allowing his Holy Spirit to flow through you because your words create life. Life and death are in the power of your words. And so we become that, um, that filter. I, I want to say that we become that filter um, of giving out that word of God. So if we carry any junk in our trunk or uh, stinking thinking in our mind or we have ungodly beliefs, many times that will transfer through our words that we give. So when Charles Finney says that we must pray in faith, we must pray a great deal, we must uh, make sure we pray with the right motive, make sure there's no sin hidden in our life because sometimes, you know, it's like that popcorn that forgot to pop. 
you know, and it's that that seed is still in there. And we want that seed to come out so that we can flow in the pure stream of God. Because we don't hear this often, and we don't teach it often enough. But Jesus Christ is coming back for a bride that's pure and holy and spotless. That's who he's coming back for. And so we've got some work to do within the body of Christ as a whole. And especially as intercessors and those who, who walk in the prophetic ministry. Because your voice becomes then his voice. And so we want that pure stream to flow out of our voice because he's using you and I. So Holy Spirit wants to move and breathe through us. And this can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So um, number 12, your prayer must be by the intercession of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very important because, and Pastor Dave lists a couple of things here. The Spirit intercedes for us and helps us pray according to God's will in Romans 8. 26 and 27 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know how we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. This is the NIV translation. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. So when you pray in the Spirit, you're, you're praying in accordance to God's will every time you do. So if you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. Because many times the Holy Spirit will bring someone's face to us. We'll be thinking about somebody. I mean, we can be doing laundry. And all of a sudden, Mabel comes to my mind. And I'm thinking, oh, Mabel, I see her face. I don't know what Mabel's going through today, Father, but Father, I thank you. According to your spirit, your will be done in her life, right? And just pray in the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move and breathe through us. I want to read you in my kingdom dynamics what, what it says here. It says that this, in the Spirit's direction, the promise carries deep instruction. We dare not suppose we can truly intercede effectively on the sole basis of our own perspective or understanding. Since we never thoroughly know how to pray as we ought, we must exercise the humility and faith to wait on God and let God and the Holy Spirit direct us. So, in other words, don't just jump into it. Wait. Many times, just wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit's direction as you begin to pray. Amen. And I can guarantee you, he'll show you exactly what you need to pray for. Amen. All right, so B, the Spirit excites and enlightens our mind and soul. So when we pray in the Holy Spirit, and Pastor Tim Rabelai has a great teaching on the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, it encourages you and I. It lifts us up. It builds us up, just like Jude says, praying in the Holy Spirit will build you and I up and encourage you and I, and we'll be excited to come for prayer on a Wednesday night. The Spirit helps us to understand and apply the promise of the Word of God. Because what is the Holy Spirit? He's our comforter, our guide, our intercessor, our advocate, our standby. He brings all things to remembrance to you and I. So if we've studied it, he'll bring it to our remembrance at the moment that we need it. I often say to my mom, I do a lot of reading in some of my classes at school. And on an average week, I'm reading between five and six chapters that are about 30 pages apiece. And in each of these chapters, they're filled with theological terms and all kinds of craziness. And so I got my marker out, and I'm underlining, and I'm taking notes. And I said to my mom one day, I was out for my walk, and I said, Mom, am I really retaining any of this? Like, am I really going to remember any of this? I know I need to remember it for my exam because I have a test at, at the end of every week on um, what I read. And I'm thinking, am I really going to remember this? 
but I find that when I need to remember it, the Holy Spirit brings it back to me. Every single time I can count on the Holy Spirit to bring it back to my remembrance. So when you study the Word of God and you apply yourself as a Berean and you study, God will bring those things back to your remembrance. You might be teaching, you might be prophesying, you might be praying. Wherever you are, you could be in the grocery store and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance exactly what you need for that Karis moment. All right. So uh, let's see. D. Uh, the spirit must not be grieved. Um, so in other words, he goes on to say, you cannot receive the spirit of prayer and then repent. So you want to come to the Lord and say, I found myself coming to church this morning, in fact. I was coming to church this morning. I'm coming down Old Buffalo Road, and I'm meditating on the word. And then all of a sudden I found myself, Lord, if there's anything in my heart today that would stop the flow of your Holy Spirit in the service, God, I ask you to show me what that is. I right now, Father, release anything in my heart or in my mind that I'm thinking or meditating on that's not your word. And I ask you right here on Old Buffalo Road to forgive me and deliver me because I don't want anything in me that's going to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so you can do that every day. You can ask the Lord that every day. Is there anything in my heart? Because out of your heart flow the issues of life. So everything we have in your heart comes out. And many times we don't know what's in our heart. So before you pray, just ask the Lord, is there anything in my heart, God, that wouldn't be right before you? All right. Amen. Isn't this a good book? All right. So we're going to go right on to page five and start our lesson one. We're going to uh, break this lesson up into two, two lessons. So we're going to go through a little bit today, and then we'll pick up next month where we leave off. So um, developing your devotional life, the discipline of prayer. And so Pastor Dave starts out with, number one, we are a holy temple before the Lord. And I think sometimes we forget that. We forget that we are a chosen generation of peculiar people, that we are the very temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, in Matthew 21, 12 through 16, Jesus cleansed the temple. And I'm going to read that to you. Um, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money and changers and benches of those selling doves. And he said, it's written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and teachers of the law saw the wonderful things that he did to the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indignant. Um, so do you hear what the, these children are saying? They asked him. He said, yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. So this is a representation of Jesus' desire to cleanse us because scriptures say that we are a holy temple. And so when he had his eyes fixed on that and he walked into this scene and he saw John, I think, explains it better, the best way. He comes in, he sees pigs being sold and doves being sold. And Jesus began to grieve because he knew that this was the temple of God and that the temple of God needed to be a holy temple. And so same with you and I. When he sees us and we've got all this stuff filled up in our temple on the inside of us, Jesus grieves. He grieves because we've allowed the things of the world to come in and infiltrate our mind gate, our ear gate, our mouth gate. And so therefore, Jesus has to come in and he has to cleanse us. And if we, we have to allow him to come in and cleanse us. You know, we're not ankle deep at the river. We're not knee deep at the river. We need to go all the way in to the river of God. And allow the Holy Spirit surgery on us. Amen. Okay. So number two. Um, Jesus won't allow us to get away with the wrong things. 
And so that I thought about I thought about Janie. She was she had, was so transparent with us. He didn't allow her to get away with it for too long. He came in and corrected her immediately. He didn't allow me to get away with harboring that hate in my heart toward that woman who offended me so bad. He didn't let me get away with that for too long. Jesus, if you're walking with him and talking with him, he will come and he will correct you. How many have ever been corrected by Jesus? Who was corrected by Jesus this week? <laughs> yes. Um, maybe in this morning's service, who was corrected by Jesus. Okay. So we can be real with each other because we're the body of Christ. So, And we're his children, you know. My dad used to correct me. My dad would spank me when I was naughty. <laughs> so um, because he wanted me to do what was right, right? And so sometimes God will come that way too. The Father will come and he'll say, wait a minute. You're doing this and you shouldn't be doing this. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to walk here. Don't walk there. Okay. So Isaiah 50 verse 4, it says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who's weary. He awakens me morning by morning, and he awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So he wants us to hear him when he speaks, and he wants us to take his correction. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And here's another scripture Pastor Dave put in there in Zechariah 4.6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord, O Zebarel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And right after Jesus Christ cleaned the temple, he made it a place of praise and worship. Because how many know that refreshing comes when you repent? So when you repent before the Lord, refreshing comes to you. You All of a sudden you're liberated because you know now that you're free. And so I don't want us to get hung up on that or caught up on that or get into any kind of legalistic thing on that. But when you sin and when you do something that's not pleasing to God, we need to, be, as intercessors and as prophetic people, we need to immediately recognize that sin and then throw that sin to the cross immediately and then walk away and don't allow the enemy to come in and bring you the spirit of condemnation because there's no spirit of condemnation to those who follow Christ, right? And so there's no condemnation in you fell short of the glory of God today because we all fall short of the glory of God. It's recognizing that we fell short. That's the important thing is recognizing that error and then quickly sending that error to the cross and then walking away and don't, doing it, don't do it again. Turn, turn from it and go the other way and don't do it again. Okay. So C, Jesus' whole life was devoted to prayer and intercession. Um, Hebrews 7 and verse 25 says, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And, you know, Jesus is our high intercessor. So he goes before the Father, and he pleads our case to God. He's our, he's our advocate and our intercessor. And um, the, the Greek word comes out of the Strong's number 1793. And um, it's called, I'm not going to pronounce it for you, but I'll give you the spelling so you can write it down. It's E-N-T-U-G-C-H-A-N-O. Anybody dare to pronounce it? C-H-A-N-O. Uh, yeah, E-N-T-U-C-H-A-N-O. Interchannel. Just allowed as a, a no. Interchino. Yep. So it comes out of Strong's number 1793, and it means to fall with, meet within, order to converse, 
From here, the word progresses to the idea of pleading with a person on the benefit of the other. So when it says that Jesus Christ was our intercessor, he was devoted to that. He was devote, He's devoted to pleading on our behalf to God. So Jesus is always interceding for you and me. Hallelujah. So we must, uh, Pastor Dave says in number D, letter D, we have to make time for Jesus in our busy lives. And that's why when Pastor Dave and I first started talking about this last summer, um, it was right after Isabel came and she had a message and she spoke to our prophetic class. Do you remember that when Isabel Darwin spoke? And she spoke about um, the gift of prophecy. And she spoke about the revelatory part of the gift. And then she talked about the spirit of prophecy. And she talked about Jesus and Revelation being the spirit of prophecy. So we can prophesy to someone on the revelatory side. Um, but then we can go into the spirit of prophecy where Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, begins to minister through us. And so I said, well, what's key to that? You know, I was talking with Pat. What's key to that, Pastor Dave? Because we want to minister in the spirit of prophecy. So that's, that is what enables many people who prophesy to go from one person to the next person to the next person because they have now entered into, they've come out of the revelatory, and they've come into the spirit of prophecy where Jesus is talking. And so she can move from one person to the next person because it's Jesus talking. It's not Isabel. So you see what I mean? So how do we get to that place? And I, I desire that for, my, for the prophetic team. I desire that for you. I desire that for myself. How do we get there? We get there by spending time in the presence of the Holy Spirit, getting to know him, trusting him. Our confidence is built up in him. So I said to Pastor, I said, you know what? I think we're going to start soaking. I said, because I think that we need to practice the presence of God. So we need to create an environment where we're practicing the presence of the Lord. What does that look like in our daily life outside of church? And what does that look like in the house of God? And so in January, when we did the workshop on soaking, um, that was powerful. And so for me, I there's like in my life, I have seasons and times. I will soak sometimes more times than others. And sometimes I get away from it and I think, why did I get away from that? And so then I have to quickly go back to it again because the enemy is a liar and he's a thief and he's a robber. And he knows that if we spend time in the presence of God, we're going to come out of there filled with the glory of God because you can't be in the presence of God just to ask Moses. You can't be in the presence of God and be near him and not be like him, right? So when you spend time with a friend, you become like that friend, right? So I can say that I know President former President Barack Obama. I can say I know him. He was the President of the United States. But that's all I know. I don't really know him. I never ate with him. I never talked with him. I can say I know him, but I really don't know him unless I spend time with him. And that's the same analogy with spending time with the Holy Spirit. So we can say we know the Holy Spirit, but until you spend time with the Holy Spirit, you really don't know the Holy Spirit. So you got to spend time with him. Got to spend time with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So there's no better time than teaching and training yourself to sit in the presence of the Lord. And it's a training and it, because it bothers your flesh. <laughs> so it, you become hostile. <laughs> you become like, I can't sit this long, you know. You become, well, I'll listen to this song and this song, and then I'm going to go on my daily business, you know. And so it's a, it's a sacrifice. 
right? It's obedience to the Lord, and it's getting your flesh to line up to what your spirit is longing for. And your spirit is longing, and your spirit's always crying out, Abba, Abba, Father, always. That makes sense? So it's important to spend time in the presence of the Lord. So make time for him in your busy lives. You know, he goes on, to, and he said this in Matthew 26, verse 40 and 41. He says then, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And it's very weak. And so when I, when I say to you, um, you've got to practice it, you do. You have to practice it. You have to tell your flesh that you're going to do this today. This is what I'm going to do. I don't care what i got to cook for dinner later. I don't care what I'm going to do at work later. I don't care that I see something under the couch that shouldn't be there. I'm not going to go after that. I'm going to stay right here in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I remember one time I was soaking, and, I, and there was an orange peel under my couch. You know, my kids probably just chucked it behind the couch. I don't, know what happened. I don't know how it got back there. You know, But I would find the craziest stuff. They would try to pull me away from spending time in the presence of the Lord. None of that matters. Because when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, the glory of God will travel with you. You know when someone's been in the presence of the Lord because you can see it. It's on their face. They radiate with the goodness of God. Can you say something? Oh, you did? That's the correct. So making intercession on the behalf of another. And so that's what Jesus does. He makes intercession on the behalf of another for you and me. Hallelujah. All right. So let's go on just a little bit more. Um, number two, a disciple of Jesus. So Pastor Day says you must have a desire to pray. So how many know that sometimes we can be told to pray? We can be told how to pray, how to do it, when to do it. But it comes down to you having a desire to want to pray, to want to be that person. Um, and so, and I think I already read the scripture to you in Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then here's another scripture that Pastor's got a couple more. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27. Do you not know that those who run the race, run, they all run, but only one person receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they that do it obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached to others, I find myself disqualified or I become disqualified. So um, there again, Paul's talking about disciplining your body, bringing your body into subjection, being willing to pray, being willing to run that race. And so sometimes we have to tell our bodies this is what we're going to do today. And then I love he puts in 1 Timothy 4 8, for bodily exercise profits you little, but you should exercise. But it profits you little. But godliness is profitable for all things, having the promise of life that now is and that in which is to come. So when we are exercising our spiritual inheritance, when we're exercising prayer, and we're exercising the things in the word, that's more profitable for you, in other words, than physical 
exercise. All right. So number three, prayer, prayer takes discipline. So develop a program of prayer and prayer topics. And I love how Pastor Dave puts this in here because he says that Matthew 6, 9 is, is better termed the disciples' prayer. And we say this is the Lord's prayer, but Pastor Dave says, no, 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 it's the disciples' prayer, not the Lord's prayer, because Jesus was teaching his disciples in that, in that time how to pray. And so Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So I call these like the power P's of Pastor Dave because he's got like six of them here. And they're all, they all start with P's. And so uh, praise our, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he says, apply Psalm 100 and verse 3. Do I have that scripture? I probably don't. Just What is it? Is it 4? Yeah, you're right. No, it's 4. I do have it. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Uh, have a purpose. So you're, you're jotting things down. So have a purpose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And he says, apply Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all of these things shall be added unto you. He says, find out, is there a provision that you need to be praying for? Give us this day our daily bread. And he says, apply Malachi 3.10 through 12. And he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then he says, pardon and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Ask God to search your heart. So there he talks about the heart again. So ask God to search your heart so that you can find forgiveness for those who have come against you or have made you mad. Put on. So in other words, put on, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So he talks about putting on the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. So he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on your, put on your sandals, put on your, your sword, put it all on and stand there. So you're developing a prayer topic. So you're finding, what can I praise God about? Thank you, Lord, for what you did last week. Thank you, God, for what you've already done in my life. Lord, I come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want your will in this circumstance. God, I thank you that you are, you are our provider, that you give us all of the needs that we'll ever have need of. Father, I release those that have offended me. I send, that, I send them to the cross, Lord, and I send blessings toward them. I bless them, Father. Remember Isabel said that she's like the lady's lipstick. She says she liked the lady's lipstick. She couldn't find what she liked about the lady, but she said she could like the lipstick because <laughs> the lipstick was pretty, you know. And so she started praying for the lady about the lipstick. She's got good choice, Lord. She had good choice in buying her lipstick. I ask you to bless her, Father. She goes out and buys her lipstick, you know. And then she realizes, oh, that she likes the lady's shoes. So, Father, I thank you. She has good taste in shoes, Lord. So, Father, I bless her in that, Lord. I release her to the goodness of God in buying shoes. Thank Thank you, Father. And, you know, as she began seeking the Lord for the goodness of God that was found in the one who offended her, she began to pray that way. They became best friends. And now they're best friends. You'd never know that she didn't like anything about her except for her lipstick in the beginning days. <laughs> so find room in your heart to pardon that one that has offended you. 
Um, and then power, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Giving thanks for the answers, not walking in anxiety or stress, but giving thanks to God for the answer like it already happened. So I, I love that. So when you ask the Lord for something and you really believe it, you will act like you already have it. Right? So that's the power of your imagination. So it's seeing those things, calling those things as though they're not, as though they are. So you see a picture, and it looks this way. But then you see in your spirit mind, you see a picture that it looks this way. So this is what you see. This is really happening. Over here, the eternal, the word of God, it says is more powerful. So you see over here and not over there. And that's what happened with one of my daughters. I chose not to see what I was seeing or hearing or feeling because I was feeling a lot of the stuff that I was seeing and hearing because we live in this body. And so we, we grieve sometimes, right? It was painful for a mother um, to have a child walk away from the Lord. So it grieves you because you, then you go pleading to God and you're like, well, she did this and this and this and this. And she started this and she read the Bible and she went on a missions trip and she started a Bible school. Lord, this is what she did. I don't know what happened. And you're, so you're pleading with God. I bless her that she started all those things, but I thank you, Lord, that she's going to be standing right alongside of me preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. She's going to do all the things that God has called her to do. She's going to be a lawyer. She's going to do those things. She's going to raise my grandkids Christian. They're going to go to a Christian school. They're going to serve you all the days of their life. At our Easter dinner, my little grandson says the most important thing today is Jesus. And so out of the mouth of a babe. So I had to see that vision because if I didn't see that vision, I can guarantee you I wouldn't have seen the outcome. So I, God had to co-partner with Kimberly to get that done. So that's the importance of getting your mind lined up with the vision of God. And then he calls for us to co-partner with him in that vision. And then we see that vision unfold because he's looking for a conduit from heaven to earth. Jesus is sitting at the right-hand side of the Father. He's not going to come back down and do it again. He already did it. So he's looking for us here on earth, intercessors, spiritual people that are sitting here in, in your chairs right here. He's looking for you and me to become that person that will stand in the gap and dare to see with the eyes of Jesus. Dare to see how he sees, and he sees all of our children serving the Lord. He sees all of our grandchildren serving the Lord. He sees all of our brothers and sisters serving the Lord. He sees, that's actually our inheritance. Our seed is our blessing, and it's our inheritance. So everybody that we come in contact with in our family has to serve the Lord. They have to. So he's waiting for you and I to start speaking that out of our mouth. They have to. They're coming to Jesus. And so I may not be way out in Washington State, but I know I've got Christian brothers and sisters out in Washington State, and I know that there's angels out there, and I know that I can send those angels on assignment. I can do that because I'm walking with Jesus. I know what my authority is, so now I can say, angels of heaven, go to Spokane, Washington. Go, go and cause my family out there to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Run out there, go. I send you on assignment to go because they're ministering angels sent to help you and I here on this earth to build up the body of Christ. So we have that power and that authority in our prayer life, Versi. We can change the things around us, our atmosphere, by learning how to stand in the gap and by applying these principles to our life. Amen? We can be in the middle of a prophetic room and we can get into the spirit of prophecy and begin to minister life, the life-changing words and the power of Jesus Christ to the person sitting in front of us that would forever change their life. 
How many ever had a prophecy that's totally changed your life? Where God has spoken to you and it awakened you. All of a sudden you woke up. And all of a sudden you thought, yeah, that's what I'm called to do. Yes, Lord. So we are that person to stand in the gap. All right, so that, I'm going to go there next, I think. Should I wait? Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the leading of your Holy Spirit. So why don't you stand up with me? Just stand up. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Jesus. We thank you that you're our great intercessor. We thank you, God, that you, Jesus, that you stand in the gap for us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, God, that you give us ears to hear. We thank you, Father. You give us eyes to see. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you use our mouth, O oh God. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Mighty, mighty, mighty God. Mighty God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Glory to you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for intercession, God. We thank you for what you're doing in this house, oh God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. 
We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Eyes to see. Father, that we would perceive God, that we would perceive your goodness, Lord. That we would perceive what you're doing in our midst, God. That we would walk humbly before you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to you, Lord. We thank you for a shift in the atmosphere, Lord. We thank you, God, that we're shifting, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence, God. You are worthy, God. Mighty, 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 mighty God. Oh, you're mighty, Lord. You are mighty in our midst, O oh God. He shakaya maka. He raboko remando rororoboko yana. He shakaya toremando rororoboko yana. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. I thank you for stirring the wells, O oh Lord. I thank you, God, the wells are being stirred today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're stirring the well, O oh God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's like the grapes are being pressed, I hear the Lord say. It's like the grapes are being pressed and the juice is coming out and flowing, says the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's a new wine that's coming, I hear the Lord say. He's stirring your well, I hear the Lord say. 
I hear he's stirring the well today. He's stirring it today. Lord, give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying, oh God. Let's just wait on the Lord because I feel like he's got a word through somebody. Let's just wait a moment. Thank you, Father. I have chosen you. I have chosen you. Now is the time. Just press in. Take hold of my hand. I have chosen you. Spend time with me. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me teach you. Let me love on you. You are my child. I have never, ever, ever lost you. I have chosen you. I have chosen you and now is the time. Just press in. Let me fill you. Because I have chosen you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I don't think the Lord is done. Let's just wait a little bit longer. Pressure has been applied to the wine press. The pressure has been applied to the wine press so that the juice and the fruit and the fragrance of my spirit can come forth through you. Press into me, press into me, press into me that you might know, that you might know that I am with you, that you might know my will for you. That you might understand and comprehend the life I live through you. The press has been pushed so that the flavor might come forth into the earth. The wine press has been pushed that the juice of my spirit, the fruit of my spirit might come forth in the earth. Oh, God, how must I Yeah, 
She babokori bakasiando. Yesha katorororobokori maka. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Esha kayamokori mahasiana. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, we thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm bringing fresh winds from the north the south, the east, and the west to blow away the dark clouds so that many thousands, thousands are running to me, says the Lord. You are part of this army to speak to the wind of God to blow on this earth. Sweep over souls right now, Father. We thank you for the sweeping I thank you for the grapes and the juice that comes flowing. I thank you, Father, as it represents the blood of Jesus covering the earth. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. My rest is complete. As I sit at your feet, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. Hallelujah. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to you, Lord. Esha kaya tori mahasiana, ora bakahiana. Esha kaya tori manorokohiana. Esha lalala kore makasiana. Ero kore manorobokohiata. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Well, there's been a shift. Look at your neighbor and say, there's been a shift. <laughs> yes, there's been a shift. I hear there's an old time song. I don't even know who sings it, but um, maybe somebody knows it. There's a wind a blowing all across the land. Don't know where it comes from. No, that's not it. There's a, fra there's a breeze. Do you know it, Mom? Do you know it? <laughs> it's beautiful. It talks about the wind of the Holy Spirit, the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Don't know where it comes from. Don't know where it goes. But the Holy Spirit comes in and blows upon us. And I think that's what he did here today. He came in and just blew upon us. Yeah, all of a sudden, I'll tell you what happened. All of a sudden, I was here, and then I come to stand, and I knew I, that was it. I was, like he shifted, just shifted the whole atmosphere. Yeah, isn't that powerful? Pastor Day's probably looking over the portal of heaven because he was waiting for this day, for this lesson to be taught. So I just give God glory, because I know that he was probably in heaven orchestrating this whole, this whole book here. <laughs> yeah, so he was with us. Yeah, written by him. Yeah. Yeah, but part of that promotion, part of that promotion came down and hit us today. <laughs> so I, I'm sure he was looking over the portal of heaven today. Yeah. He was my biggest cheerleader. He'd always say, go get him, Kim, you know. <laughs> yeah, God is good. So stand with me. We're going to close like this today. Yeah, I'm going to ask Norman if he'll just grab the person's hand next to you, and we're going to let Norman close us in prayer. Father, all we can say is thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship your holy name. Lord, have your way in us. May we enter more deeply into your presence through this corporate atmosphere that you have given us. As we go forth, may we go forth in the depth of your love that we have not previously experienced or expressed. Bring us, Lord, into the unity of your spirit here at River of Life and spread your love throughout Raleigh, North Carolina, and beyond. 
that you, Lord, may be glorified. Now, Father, we go forth in your name for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. We'll see you next month, third Sunday, and we're going to pick up where we left off.